This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM. This is Unholstered. Good morning. Welcome on in here to Saturday's edition of Unholstered. We are here every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo. I am one of your hosts, Kayla Blakesley. If you listen to this station on a regular basis, you know that I am a radio host here on WoWo Monday through Friday, and I'm alongside my co-host. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Sophia, uh, pretty much all month long, we have really been hyper-focused on back-to-school. Obviously, because it's back-to-school season here in our neck of the woods in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where we do this show. And we've touched on some really, uh, what I think are really important topics. We've touched on, you know, just digital technology and what kiddos, college students need to know as they return to school. We've talked about school safety. Uh, Last week, we talked about armed uh, law enforcement officers in our schools. That was a great episode. If you missed it, you can download it pretty much anywhere you download a podcast. Just look for Unholstered. But today, um, we don't have a special guest. In fact, I would say you are our special (laughs) guest. Um, We're talking about just, you know, mental health for a lot of kiddos as they return to school, especially coming off the pandemic. And, you know, one week we have mask mandates, one week we don't. One week we're quarantined, one week we're not. It's just just crazy trying to keep up with it all. And then we are going to talk a little bit about drugs in our schools. And I'm actually particularly anxious to get to that topic, uh, especially as it pertains to what drugs are really here in our neck of the woods. But I'd like to kind of just start... With mental health, I feel like there's a lot we can talk about, especially you. It's a huge subject. Yeah. Can can you first, you know, explain to Wo Land your history and what you do in terms of um, supporting mental health awareness? Sure. So uh, back when the Fort Wayne Police Department was starting on, we were noticing that we were getting a lot more mental health calls throughout our our community. And we really needed to step up our mental health training. Time out. A mental health call. What people are calling you saying, saying what? They're in crisis. Okay. Um, Whether it's they're seeing people or families are calling us that people are acting um, out of the ordinary, that, that normal people would consider to be normal, um, yeah, to be strange things, behaviors, okay. right? So, um, we, we get over to these calls. We were seeing an enormous influx of these calls. And over the years we've had, uh, just a gradual increase in mental health, uh, calls. So we were noticing those kinds of issues going, um, going on. So we decided to, um, research what other departments were doing and very there was very few departments doing anything at all uh, but one department that was doing something was Memphis Tennessee they were doing a crisis intervention team model so we I, I went down along with uh, another two other officers to go down there and kind of explore what they were doing kind of bring back things to our department and trying to implement uh, what they were doing down there here we did do that um, and we started our crisis intervention team I want to say it got kicked off in the early 2000s. Okay. Oh, so it's it's been around for a while. It's been around for a long time. And I was one of the first graduating officers from that class. Um, And we learned all about mental health, how to deal with people in crisis. Um, The the term Mm. (laughs) de-escalation wasn't as big then, but we learned how to talk to people in crisis and how to kind of be firm, but at the same time, very empathetic to their situation. So um, moving forward, we uh, just started down this road of crisis intervention teams, and officers got on board. Um, There were several officers in every class. uh, It was well-received by most of the officers around here. Which I'm kind of actually surprised to hear that, simply because sometimes, at least in my world, when you talk about mental health, it's one of those, like, you're fine, suck it up kind of topics of conversation. and. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised actually to hear 
you know, our local police department kind of jumping on board with that. It was. And it was at a time when we were seeing these calls increase. So we needed people to be there to deal with them. And there were lots of officers that stepped up. We had a large graduating class in my class. And it continued as we had funds to get people through these classes. And over the years now, it's morphed into every officer that goes through our academy, probably for the last at least three to four years, is now CIT trained in oh, the wow. academy. So it's a real benefit that every officer is trained going moving forward uh, so that our whole department embraces this, this concept of mental health. You said over the past uh, couple of years, you've seen this uptick in mental health phone calls, for example. Correct. Is, is that because of COVID? I don't think it's necessarily because of COVID. I think there's a lot of things going on um, regarding mental health, a lot of untreated trauma, as we've spoken in the past, um, and that leads to a lot of things that go on. And, and trauma really affects the brain in ways that most people don't understand. Um, and in taking these classes and keeping up with these kind of current trends, we know that trauma can alter brains and what you do and how you perceive and how you how you think about things. Um, People have a tendency when they're untreated in trauma to turn to things that cope, to cope Mm -hmm. with those issues, but they're not always the healthiest of choices, which leads us into the segment we're going to talk about here, drugs and alcohol. Um, So all things kind of culminate, um, but we are seeing a large increase in our calls for service for mental health. Let's talk about just mental health, you know, with our with our topic here back to school, how it's playing a factor in our schools right now. Are you seeing a lot of um, mental health situations or struggles in our local schools? I don't I don't want to say it's just in the schools. I think in general, just kids are just we're just at a time. There's so much thrown at them. Social media, peer pressure, bullying, um, you know. They don't know which way to go. And sometimes if they don't have those good um, role, models, role, models. role models and just mentors and people in their lives. And I'm not necessarily talking about parents. It could be a grandparent. It could be an aunt. It could be a friend. It could be someone else, their friend's parents, just mm-hmm. someone in their life that they can talk to and and talk about these issues that they're facing. Um, and let's face it, most people don't like to talk about those things. Right. Um, and, and I think it's a real detriment to us that we're, that we're a society like that. I think if we were a little more open about our emotions and things like that, we'd probably be a little more healthier. It's so true. You know, I, uh, I volunteered a couple of years ago with Big Brothers Big Sisters mm-hmm. of Northeast Indiana. I volunteered to be a big. Right. And I, I, I went into the process thinking, like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll try to be a mentor to a young kiddo, right? Well, what I didn't realize was all the testing that, you know, I had to go through. But a lot of it, and, and it's all kind of making sense now, was about my mental health and how I can apply that to this young person that essentially I would be mentoring. But you're so right. I mean, a lot of these young folks don't have anybody that they can rely on for that for that mental health support. Right. And, you know, not just mental health and kids, but ourselves as yeah. adults, right? We yeah. can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. So we really got to take care of ourselves and find ways to cope with situations that don't include um, the use of drugs, necessarily alcohol. I mean, I'm not saying don't drink at all. I mean, I partake every once in a while. Oh, yes, I love right? an adult beverage every once in a while, too. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> but it's the point where we get to where we're over-consuming or right. we're doing things after we do those things that aren't healthy for us. What are, what are some good coping <clears throat> mechanisms, not only for kiddos, uh, but for adults, too? Um, for me, uh, my go-to is yoga. Um, oh, I, found, I didn't know you did yoga. I do. And we have, through, um, 
foundation, uh, Yoga Foundation, who does a free yoga class for our officers and first responders, military. Um, and, and it really helps. I mean, they just get you in the right mindset of just being in that moment, forgetting everything that's going on. You know, it's a deep sweat because it's hot yoga. Um, but it's I always try to encourage officers to go, and we're getting more every week. Um, I think people are really kind of all tired of me nagging them about self-care. <laughs> They're like, all right, I'll go. So all right. Leave um, alone. But, you know, it, it, it could be working out for some people. It could be fishing. It could be um, bicycling. It could be taking a trip to a museum. It could be anything. I mean, everybody has a different flavor of what they like. So find out what you like and then just do it. Make the time to do it. And that's, I struggle with this too. I'm a working single mom um, and I work a lot of hours and I have a lot of things I do after work, mm -hmm. just in my, um, what I do outside of work that takes a lot of time away from my kids. So I, I've got to find that balance where it's, I have a little bit of me time and then I have a lot of family time, and then I have work time, too. I'm, I'm still struggling with that. Um, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I'm a runner. So, you you know, you yeah. mentioned, you know, uh, you do yoga. I'm a big, big fan of running. I've ran my whole life, been a marathon runner the whole nine. And then for me, COVID hit. And through COVID, I was actually pregnant. Um, so there was no going to the gym, unfortunately. Right. And it was in my last trimesters when we went into lockdown. So there was no running outside in February, March, you know, maybe a little bit in April. But I found myself like not having that release. And it was, I thought, really detrimental to my mental health. And I didn't realize it at the time. It, it took me getting out of COVID and having our daughter, who is now over one now, um, to realize, man, I've, I've got to get back to hitting the pavement. And, you know, same as you, I was really on a roll at the gym when it closed yeah, down for yeah. COVID. So, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm very scheduled, right? So I this me is too. my time. And, and, if, <laughs> and if something gets in my way, man, it just throws me. Mm -hmm. And it, I have a mm -hmm. hard time kind of getting back. So uh, I started running, too. And then when the gyms closed, I'm like, it was middle of winter. I'm right. not running outside. Hey, <laughs> it's too I'm not cold. that dedicated. I'm a wimpy runner, right? <laughs> yeah. I only run in good weather. Fair um, weather runners over yes, here. Yes, yes. Uh, but it really threw me. So I picked it back up last December when the gyms reopened. But again, it's just finding that time to get there and get it done. And sometimes I struggle with that myself. And for folks who maybe do struggle, and like you said, then they unfortunately reach for the bottle or they reach for some form of drugs. And I know, uh, just talking to you off the air, that is, it's quite a problem here in the listening area. It is, unfortunately. And we have so many families that have been affected by drug addiction, even alcohol addiction. Um, it causes a lot of um, work for us. Um, and we're happy to do it. We just don't want to do it, right? Uh, we yeah. don't want to go to a house where I'm repeatedly going there because they have trouble with alcohol or they have an addict in the family or I'm going there to Narcan someone um, who's overdosed for the third time in, in a couple of days. Okay, pause that for a moment. I just got to pick your brain on that. Because yeah. to me, that would just be downright infuriating if, <laughs> if for the for the third time, right? You're returning to a home yeah. uh, to, to, like you said, Narcan someone back, uh, like... How do you, and speaking of mental health, I mean, how do you deal with that? It's very frustrating, and I've got to, I've got to really catch myself sometimes because it's, it's infuriating on one hand. On this, on the other hand, this is someone's brother, father, mm -hmm. mother, sister, you know, what have you, friend. And a lot of times, there's kids in the home, and they're watching us. They're watching oh our reaction to this. So if I, my reaction is like you know what, I'm not doing this. Right. You know, I can't not be Not doing like this that. for the third time. Right. And I, and I try to check my frustration and my anger. I'm like, just stop. But, you know, over the course of time, I've learned, I've ha I have some really um, people in my life that I look to to help me with that. 
because um, I'll tell you right now, we, we have officers with, with family who are addicts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people think that, you know, we're uh, that officers and their families are perfect people. I mean, we, we're foul. We, we have flaws mm-hmm. like everyone else. And we have sure. troubles in our families like everyone else. And and even though, you know, uh, people always say, oh, it's the them in that neighborhood that are the drug addicts. Drug addiction has no socioeconomical mm-hmm. or political affiliation, right? It, it runs okay. rampant through everything. And uh, that's what I want people to take away. It's not just over there, and it just doesn't happen in that neighborhood. What kind of drugs are we seeing primarily within the Fort Wayne, Allen County community? The ones that we are seeing that this year um, and, and the, over the course of the last couple of years has been huge with fentanyl and methamphetamine. Is, is that at all correlated to uh, some of the drugs coming across the border? Because I actually visited the southern border uh, back in June or July over the summer, and I, I heard the most staggering stat while I was there. Uh, within just like that last six months, enough fentanyl has come across the southern border to kill every single American four times. And that was just in about a six-month window. Are, are we seeing any of that here in our neck of the woods? We are seeing a gross amount of... Um fentanyl in this area. We've actually um, taken in and seized um, in 2021 so far, we've seized uh, 4,297 grams. In comparison to 2020, we only seized 905. Oh, wow. Say that first number again. So 4,297 grams versus 2020, 905. Wow. So you can see exponentially it's gone up and it's causing a lot of death. Um, a lot of overdose um, here. And, and with that, we've had, and so far in 2021, we've had 84 fatal overdoses, and we've had non-fatal overdoses at 797. Um, we have 26 that are still pending in toxicology. Oh so gosh. these are staggering numbers. And these are people in our community. These are our friends, our family. And like I said, it has no socioeconomic, political There's no bias when it comes to drugs. Absolutely yeah. not. It's all across the board, every neighborhood, every section of the city and county. Is it one of those things where, because you also hear these stories a lot, let's say it's just a 16-year-old trying marijuana for the first time. Right. When in fact, it, oh, it's laced with fentanyl, you know, things like that. Do you do you run into those situations a lot, or is that happening, for example, in our schools? Uh, it does happen. Mm-hmm. I, I can't give you the exact numbers on this community per se, but I've read in other communities, other police departments that report these kinds of things, and I'm sure it's happening here. Yeah. Um, if you are not getting a pill from a pharmacist or your doctor, you shouldn't take it. Oh, period, yeah. hands down. These pills are coming across to look just like prescription pills. And I'm telling you to the naked eye, you cannot tell the difference. They are marked, stamped, colored the exact same way as a prescription pill would be. The only difference is, is they're cutting these with whatever they choose and whatever they have on hand at things that, and they're not even, they don't even know the quantity that goes in. So they're not um, at all um, have any kind of uniformity to them. Mm -hmm. One pill could be fine. The next person, the next pill could kill someone within a matter of a minute. How are our kids getting their hands on these? It's very easy. Um, you just go on to Snapchat. Go on to um, any kind That's of. That's horrifying. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's posts all over. Um, it's not just drugs too. It's like THC carts, the vape pens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're selling. They're THC. really popular. It seems right. like right now with kids. Um, and then the the concentration of the THC inside those carts are really really high, um, and they're causing a lot of damage uh, to kids' lungs, to their brains, um, everything like that, because they're just such a high potency of THC. 
Is there any way to tell, kind of going back to, to all this fentanyl coming across the border, is there any way to tell, and maybe there's not, this is how uneducated with drugs that I am, but that, oh, yes, this fentanyl came from Mexico or China. Like, is there any way to tell that? No, uh, not really. Um, I, I think most of we most of what we know is that it is coming in through the Mexican cartels now. But it's I've, primarily coming from China, I've right? Heard, I've heard news reports, um, and I can't confirm this for our own sake here on the show, but I have watched the news, and mm-hmm. I do subscribe to different um, kind of news channels on social media. And a lot of it is they're getting their precursors from China, so the the— the chemical compounds yeah. are coming from China so that the Mexican cartel can make and then distribute those drugs. Now, I, I there's no way to say this is China or right. this is, okay. you know, because it, it comes in from other places, too, but not as high a concentration as it does from the cartel. But by looking at the numbers, I mean, the numbers that you just shared with us, which are staggering. Right. And this is just what we've seized. Imagine what we haven't seized. So that's what we know about. This is what we know about. Yes. And this is, you know, on the border as well. I I like to have friends in high places and I do have friends on the border. Oh, look at you. Fancy. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So um, he, he sent me something. So their fiscal year starts in October. So it runs October to October. Uh, but this year, um, I think in fentanyl, they've seized 9,337 um, pounds of fentanyl. So if you're talking a little itty-bitty pill, think of the amount that that's gonna, you're going to need to, to get that's that. That's insane. Yeah, and that's just what they've recovered. Right, it's, what we, it's just what we know about. Yeah, and that you can probably assume that three times that amount, if not more, has gotten through. What can we do about it? Can we do anything about it? Talk to people. Talk to our kids. Uh, you know, and I'm not just talking young kids. I'm talking your older kids too, because this is really affecting the 18 to 30 year mm. age uh, for whatever reason. I, I have my own suspicions, but you know, talk to them. You know, tell them these things that you're now learning that these pills are marked exactly like um, the pills you're trying to seek. Um, in the, it, and we don't know what goes into those, and they they are causing death through our community. They're causing overdose through our community. And it's it's something that we're going to have to um, address as a community. If you could wave a magic wand, is there some kind of uh, magic bullet out there to solve this problem? I would like to say that more mental health would definitely help. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've gone through and I've talked to people, I've talked to people recovering from things, um, it, <laughs> I'm going to go back. It's a lot of mental health, a lot of deep-seated yeah. trauma that people are just trying to to tamp down. And if, even if you look at that program on, uh, a, I think it's A&E Intervention. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. watch that all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just to gain a perspective, right? A little empathy, a little more empathy for myself. But if you look at all those things, it's always something traumatic that happened, right? Abuse, uh, sexual abuse. Um, you know, abandonment, those like that, that traumatize these kids. And as they go through the years, they're trying to mask those feelings of inadequacy or, um, you know, abandonment with the drugs and alcohol. And it just turns into a bad thing. I'm going to be real honest and real transparent. And I don't know that I've ever really shared these feelings uh, with anyone, but you you bring up empathy, empathy specifically uh, towards drug addicts. I struggle in that department a little bit. I do as well. I, 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 I will do as well. say that very yeah, loud and clear. Absolutely. Um, I've had family members um, mm-hmm. who are drug addicts. I've had family members who have OD'd um, from fentanyl. I've had one who OD'd from heroin. And it gets to a point for me where the empathy is just no longer there because those decisions keep being made to use these drugs. So I guess for someone like me, 
or, or even a mom or a dad who has an addict as a child or a brother or a sister, how can you continue to help this person? How can you continue to be empathetic for this person? Because kind of like we said earlier, you, may, you get that third phone call, you know, it's like, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard. And I think, you know, you have to know where to go f- for help because this is not something that you can kind of take on by yourself, especially as a parent of a child. Um, that has an addiction. Um, I think we all need help at some point. You just don't know where to turn. Um, I recently was introduced to a group called Mom of an Addict. Um, Is that here in Fort Wayne? It's here in Fort Wayne. They have sessions at the chapel on Tuesday nights. I Six o'clock, I believe. Um, they have a Facebook page, too. Uh, you can go there. But um, I, I met Jennifer Hope at a parade <laughs> that I was um, attending. And um, she knew me from TV, and I knew her because I've heard about her as I've kind of delved into. Did she run into, this group? This was her, I think, believe, I believe she was the one that started this group. Okay. Um, she had a child that overdosed and died. And the, the, I went to one of their sessions, uh, to their group sessions, and it was phenomenal. The group's welcoming, they're informative, they're comforting. Um, and if you are struggling in this area, I would urge you to reach out to something like that. These are support groups in our area that are free of charge that are just phenomenal in what they do and they can connect you to resources because this takes an emotional toll on the family as well as the addict because that constant barrage of being uh, taken advantage of, of being the victim of, of crime from your addict, um, it, it, it can make you feel lost and hopeless and there's always hope. Um, as long as that person's still alive, mm-hmm. there's always hope for recovery. Um, and also two other people doing phenomenal work in this community are Nate Mollering and Tommy Streeter. I've heard you talk to them before. They actually. are amazing. Uh, they're amazing. I call them the dynamic duo because I never see them apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're two really huge guys, but they're both come from a place of, of addiction and they are recovering their peers peer counselors uh, Fort Wayne recovery is what they do and okay. they also have a Facebook called Facebook page called bare knuckles recovery um, and they do videos encouraging addicts to seek treatment and, and they come from that place they know what it's like they are the real deal um, and if you haven't seen on our website fwpd.org we have a video with Nate Nate was one of our people from our heart program um, hope and recovery uh, one of our detectives um, had gone to Nate after he OD'd and he had a conversation with him and got him into treatment, helped him get into treatment. Hold up there, Sophia, one second. I actually went to fwpd.org while you were talking about this to find the video. Um, And I've got a snippet here to play, if that's okay. February 2017, I went back to my ex-girlfriend's house, was able to go in with a bag of dope and I told her I was going to take a shower and I overdosed in the bathroom. I wasn't actively trying to kill myself, but I didn't care. They had said to me, uh, Nate, I don't think you're going to live a third time. I don't think we'll make it here in time for time number three. I remember I said, that's fine. I said, don't go. And they said, I want you to talk to somebody. They said, it's a narcotics detective. He doesn't want to talk to you about your source or anything like that. He just wants to talk to you. I was already on overtime. I saw it on my MDT and my computer. There's an overdose, and I'm like, another one. Like, you know, we see them all day. And I'm like, I'm too tired. I'm going home. And something inside of me said, go to this one. Powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. If you want to watch the entire video for yourself, it's about six and a half, seven minutes long. Uh, just go to fwpd.org and on the right hand side there of the webpage, click on the link that says heart and then the video section. It's right there. It's, it's definitely worth spending six and a half minutes 
to watch it. But but back to what you were saying, Sophia. It's part of what we do as the Fort Police Department. Uh, the Hope and Recovery team now has two social workers that have come on board with us this year. So we're hoping to reach out a little bit more. And then we have two, de- two uh, vice narcotics detectives that also help in that area, too, trying to make contact with addicts to assist them and to help them find paths to recovery. What's crazy, Sophia, is... First of all, all the facets that there are of the Fort Wayne Police Department, um, from this mental health department, from recovery uh, to just safety village to school resource officers. I mean, there's just so many different facets. But what's amazing to me and, you know, we're sitting here talking about all these drug overdoses and all these calls of mental health skyrocketing, how you and, you know, all of the other members within the Fort Wayne Police Department remain so positive and upbeat about your work. I, I find that is remarkable. Well, <laughs> I, I thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this kind of with a grain of salt. We're not all always positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, people have run into officers not having their best day. Um, well, sure. And, I have those days, too. Right. And, and I don't even work in your field. <laughs> and sometimes, I, you know, and I've had them, too. I've had days where I've come in and I've just been, I cannot do this another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I push through. We push through because this is what, what we do. Um, and we just kind of compartmentalize that and move on to the next. So if you don't always see someone at their jovial best on the next run or are they're a little bit um, they kind just of come back short, from narcanning the, they could have, you know, you never time. know what their previous run has been. And, and that's the thing is in policing, you go from run to run to run and you never have a chance to really digest what you're doing and kind of so you just compartmentalize and move on to the next. And hopefully at the end of the day, you have some kind of stable, solid foundation that you can go to, whether it be a spouse or a significant other or a fan friend or family member or even another officer that you can talk to. Um, to kind of get those feelings out of frustration, because like you, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you I don't struggle with with addiction um, and my positive attitude towards it. Sure. I mean, I do. It's a struggle every day. Every time I see this, I, I think, what are you doing? Just stop. But obviously, the addicted a, a mind of an addict is completely different than mine. Drugs affect that, and and we see that in in their inability to to just go and get help. This is why, to me, it's so important when we, we do see uh, police officers in town where you, you just wave, smile, buy their coffee, buy their lunch, because holy smokes, you, I just feel like a lot of people have truly no idea. They don't most of the time. I mean, they see snippets of what we do, um, but, you know, it's not all that we do. Um, and I, I want to just encourage people to just be kind not only to us, to everyone. Yes, please. It's, it's, please. We've lost that yeah. in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. um, I think social media has been, it, it's just, it's hard. And it's hard for kids. It really is. They And they have all these emotions coming up and they don't know how to deal with them. And if, and if you have a child that's having those emotions and acting out, find out the root cause of that. Talk to them. I cannot ex- express the importance of just talking to your kids. Just having a conversation. Having a conversation. Picking them up from school on that way home. Talk to them. And that's what we're doing here on Unholstered, having the tough conversations every Saturday morning at 1030 here on WoWo. Plus, you can always download the Unholstered podcast anywhere. This is your town. These are your topics as we truly are your team. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.